Good afternoon, midday-ish, and welcome to a Sunday podcast brought to you by Equine Devil's Advocate. Yes, this week something a little different. Friday, follow-up, was actually owner's day for us, so we thought we would bring you a podcast on Saturday, but then it occurred to me, Saturday was a very big day in the horsey calendar on this side of the world. Yup, people, Grand National Day. Mm, indeed, love it or hate it, it is still a big day in the calendar. So, we thought, let's have a wee chat about the National today. But a chat with a difference, a different take from the usual, a different perspective on this Sunday. Traditionally, of course, a day of rest and calm and peaceful serenity, but you may hear some traffic and the occasional boys' toys. The boys' toys' cars tend to come out on a Sunday, so there might be some exciting engine sounds for you. Maybe, maybe not. So, as I said, love it or hate it, it happened yesterday, and history was made. It was a great day for Ireland, and of course, the only time since the amazing Red Rum did we have a back-to-back winner. Yep, another little bay horse, Tiger Roll, carrying the handicapper's top weight. So, how can we look at this sporting fixture with a different view? Well, I thought, let's just take a look at the horses. Yes, thoroughbreds. All different ages, shapes and sizes, breeding as well. And 40 of them. Sorry about that brief interlude. I just got momentarily distracted watching Hot Stuff beat a biscuit with a feed bucket, as he does. And I was just wondering whether I ought to go and retrieve it off him. But actually, they seem to be rather enjoying it. Yes, biscuits getting a beating with a big, big red bucket. Hmm. Fun in games on a Sunday. I did say boys' toys, but yeah, that's a slightly different take on boys' toys. So anyway, back to the National. Now, what I was going to say was, it's probably worth you knowing that it is actually a process. There is a qualifying process for horses to be eligible to run, not just any National Horse, National Hunt Horse, I should say, is that damn bucket's distracting me, <laughs> can run in the National. They actually have to prove themselves worthy and obviously athletically appropriate to qualify and that is actually even just on paper with their past performance Um, and then there is of course all the stuff that happens behind the scenes it's their preparation their soundness their fitness their health all so that they are in absolute tip-top form on the day now that is no mean feat in itself but 
What I wanted to actually talk about today, what I find so interesting about taking a different perspective on the national, is that it actually demonstrates numerous qualities that horses possess. And I think they're qualities that often get taken for granted or perhaps even just overlooked. It's also a visual example that refutes so many common opinions that are bounded around so readily today. So let's talk a different tack on the national. On the day, there is everything, everything imaginable. There are massive crowds and obviously they are excited, lit up, laughing, cheering, just absolutely besides themselves because they've been preparing for this day months in advance. In truth, there is no bigger atmosphere for horses to encounter. And encounter it, clearly, they do. Now, here's the interesting thing. Here's the interesting observations. All the previous races can be heard from the stables. The uproars, the cheers, the whole shebang. So when we hear thoroughbreds described as psychotic, highly strung windbags with no brain, well, perhaps think again. Perhaps not so much. When it's time, they come to the pre-parade ring. They walk, yes, with athleticism, but they're wearing the minimal tack, a bridle and a sheet. Their lads and lasses walk beside them. They stay safe distances apart from each other, and all this at a marching speed. There is no need, dare I say, for leadership. There is friendship between them, and there is support. They get a stroke on the neck, a pat on the neck. There is focus in them and a job to be done. And throughout this, the race-goers, the people, are everywhere. They're not still or silent or not wafting their race cars, cards, but they're busy, they're animated and they're active. Do the horses get distracted? No, they don't. Of course they hear everything and of course they see everything. At this point, the previous race is just finishing and there are roars from the crowd. There is commentary. Do these horses succumb to the atmosphere? No, they don't. So again, objectively, is this not a prime example of the workmanlike attitude found in the thoroughbred horse? And does it not negate the need for the belief that one must constantly be in dominant control, being the boss? It is something to think about, something to consider. Then they go on to saddling up. And again, it's a smooth process, often done in the manner in which suits the horse. How often do the commentators go to each, each saddling stable, to each one, and remark upon how cool and calm they are? 
And yes, on the odd occasion that one isn't, it gets settled outside where it's happier and calmer. The horses have a choice, and that choice is recognised. It is respected, and that choice is given to them. There's no fighting. There's no dominating. There's just accepting. This is what the horse wants. This is what we will do. Just working with that horse and its preferences. After they're saddled, they go into the paddock, and they walk as before, straight into that massive atmosphere. And believe you me, that atmosphere. Does not become quieter. It is building. The minute the horses enter the parade ring, that atmosphere, that buzz, builds and builds and builds. There is not one person out there who is actually calm. The owners are not. The trainers are not. The staff are not. They're all anxious, excited, on tender hooks, full of anticipation, and probably thinking every imaginable thought. Do the horses react to this, and do they freak out about it? No, they don't. Do they freak out when they're approached by some bespoke fashion millinery? No, or a microphone? No, they don't. Do they freak out at the cameras and the cameramen? No, they just keep walking. Do they call to each other and seek company with each other? No. Have they been desensitised? No. You may say, "Ah, but they're just used to it." No, not that. Not that atmosphere. That is something. It's whole own thing. There is no greater atmosphere than an entree anywhere in the world. You couldn't duplicate it to get them used to it if you tried. And all this, the horses are in the midst of all this, and don't forget, they are super, super fit athletes in their absolute prime, bred to gallop, and ready to gallop, wanting to gallop. Are they off their rockers, off their trolleys? No. They're not. Then, of course, come the jockeys. Are they calm? No, they're not calm either. They are intense. They are focused. They are probably more than anything just wanting to get things underway. And do the horses freak out at their approach? Not wish to let them near them or mount them? No, they don't. So, does this not actually give a fresh perspective on the wired, unpredictable, psychotic thoroughbred that has no mind and no brakes? Well, if this doesn't, then what on earth will? Then, of course, the next stage of the process is we see them going to the start. Do they set off like a bat out of hell, as a herd, all lumped together? No. They don't. They go down to the first fence to have a look. Do they not wish to be pulled up or turned around? No. Are they fighting their bridles and complaining about their bits and nosebands? No, they're not. And then, of course, we come to the race itself.
Yes, it's a challenge. It's a challenge to everything. It starts way back from the program of preparation, the fitness, all the leading up to that extra length of the parade and the atmosphere preceding, the anticipation of the jockeys before the off, their desire to get the best position in the field. The challenge, of course, is the size of the fences and the distance of the race. It is a challenge. After all, it is the Grand National, and it's meant to be a challenge. To even be there is actually a very high accolade indeed. Now, of course, in the love it or hate it camp, those that hate it, their greatest argument is that horses shouldn't be made to do it. But the truth is, we can't make them do it. In fairness, no matter how good a jockey, if the horse doesn't... Boys toy! If the horse doesn't want to, there is nothing that you could do to make it. Within that argument, people sometimes say, well, they're just not intelligent enough to know what it is they're doing. They're just running and jumping because the others are. But again, this could not be further from the truth. But equally, as equine devil's advocate, we do have to say, in fairness, how is it that you could know this? As truth, beyond unshakable doubt... How could you, unless you had had first-hand experience, know that for a fact? Well, perhaps you can't. And when you hear the commentator say something along the lines of such and, ho- such and such a horse is really enjoying itself, you may just think it's a comment to justify the whole process, which is rather a cynical thought. But... If you have personally had an opportunity to ride a horse at speed over big fences, there is no doubt as to whether they want to or they don't want to. Moreover, it's really actually the point at which you can tell that they are enjoying themselves. There is no doubt The difference between a horse actively taking you, looking to jump the next fence, and one that is rapidly backpedalling is undeniable. It is, of course, as a very good jockey possible to encourage, support and assist a horse that is doubting itself and backpedalling somewhat, to instill some confidence and to generate some self-confidence within that horse. You can do that in a race. In fact, in some situations, that's actually what you're there for. But if you haven't achieved that within two or three fences, game over. And you know it. Do I need to remind you of Dennis or Rick Marr, for that matter? And those horses, those horses that take you to the fence, that take you there and are doing it for you, actually you also know they're not they're doing it for themselves and you also know that they would do it without you 
No, I think the Grand National in particular really highlights this. It's a complete unknown until the moment. And those moments are fast and they come thick and fast. And you will see those that find their confidence becoming challenged by the big fences. And yes, they do begin to tail away. And you will also see those whose confidence grows. They prick their ears and they take on each fence with more courage and actually get better and better as they go. Is this not once more clear evidence and a testament to the wit and courage of the thoroughbred horse? A horse with the ability to think, decide and act on his own behalf and still allow people to be an inherent part of that process, part of that amazing journey. Surely there can be only one word that sums up these amazing animals and that would be awesome. To inspire awe in their beauty, their athleticism, their ability, their intelligence and above all their generosity regardless of where they might finish. And so, April the 6th, 2019, Grand National Day here in England at Aintree brought a new legend to the history books. Tiger Roll. Another blessing brought to this world. And, of course, it did also bring tragedy to the connections of Up For Review and to them our most sincere condolences. But realistically, there is ongoing tragedy in the horse world on a daily basis. There is daily tragedy witnessed everywhere by people just venturing out to explore this world and their personal journey. And also tragedy of people stuck in their personal journey. And above all, for horses. Horses that are pigeonholed and confined by rigid methods, thoughts and opinions. So confined by us, they have no room to grow, to develop and to shine no avenue to express their true nature, abilities, courage or identity. So, in conclusion, I guess the message in this little chit-chat here at Equine, Equine Devil's Advocate this Sunday lunchtime is when someone tells you something, gives an unyielding forceful opinion about what is right how a horse must be taught led, managed, trained whatever it may be look again think again it's very likely that there is clear evidence somewhere out there in some way shape or form that refutes that opinion indeed there is evidence perhaps to suggest that opinion may not actually be founded on fact. It's perhaps more opinion founded on opinion, founded on opinion, passed on from opinion. And so, to all of you, challenging opinion 
can only lead to greater knowledge. So on that note, we will love you and leave you for today. And do please join us here again tomorrow at equinedevilsadvocate.com. Until then, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please do take care. Have a lovely Sunday afternoon and we will speak very, very soon.